All right, what's up, amigos? How is everyone doing today? This is Dev Otaku, the show where three developers sit down and talk about the anime that they are checking out, which this season we are watching through Cowboy Bebop. I have two of my friends with me here. I am Jay Miller. I'm Kiera. I'm Jamie. And we are all three developers that... Uh, like to check out anime from time to time when we're not plugging away with code, or in my case, coffee. Um, but uh, we're recording this right after we record episode two, so we will not jump in to the things that we were working on. But if you want to find out, you can always go back and check out um, the archives over at devataku.com. Click on the episodes button where you can check out episodes one and two. Uh, and just going into this, just kind of a quick recap. Uh, I have watched Cowboy Bebop about two years ago. Um, I rem- believe Jamie watched it about a decade ago as we uh, were recording this a little bit before the release of the first episode. But as we look back on Cowboy Bebop, which is 20 years old. Uh, wow, that's it's ridiculous that anime has been around and in my life for the majority of my life, at least Cowboy Bebop was one of the first animes that people had talked about as I was like growing up as a kid. And it's interesting. I I wanted to pose this question since we're not talking about what we're coding on. Um, What made you get into anime? Uh, And we'll we'll just open up the floor and start with Kiara. I think for me, like just going through school, I had finally transitioned from private to public school. Didn't feel like I had a lot of friends. And so then it was just like Cartoon Network started playing Naruto and you started seeing um like Death Note come on TV. Even though I was supposed to be asleep, I was asleep if my parents asked. But those type of things helped me find people to connect with like online and in person. Finally realized like, hey, pe- other people watch this too. Maybe I'm not that big of a nerd. I can make some friends type of thing. What about you, Jamie? I'm going to guess. I think that Jay and I are kind of the same age. Perhaps. Uh, I've never really asked him, so we'll just pretend, okay? Um, but for me, like, what is it? Uh, when, when Daft Punk released Discovery and they had the long-form music video for the entire album, you know, that came out at the same time that I started hanging out with some friends at, at this new high school I was going to. And, you know, they were all, hey, you should listen to this album and then you should watch the video. And it was a bit like uh, in the 70s, people were like, you should watch... The Wizard of Oz and listen to the Dark Side of the Moon. It was that kind of, and then and then a friend of mine showed me, um, sat me down and said, "You should watch Akira. It will change your life," and it kind of did, and I didn't understand it, but yeah, I'd, I'd say kind of like that. And I went on this little little odyssey of discovering different shows on you know DVD and uh, and on the cart like like Kiera said, like a Cartoon Network and stuff. Mostly when I should have been asleep, as as Kiera said. <laughs> <laughs> So doing a quick uh, Google search on when Discovery came out. No, you were much older than I am. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) If you were in high school when Discovery came out, um, depends. What what year of school were you in? We'll we'll figure it out. Uh, So UK year eight, so I'd have been about 12, 13. Okay, no, 
All right, so you, you got a couple years on me. We'll go. Okay, <laughs> okay. That doesn't make me feel so old then. <laughs> I could just be the old guy in the corner complaining, you know, get off my lawn, shouting at the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that seems more like Jet's role in this uh, this discovery here. But no, for me, I I don't know. I wasn't really into anime all that much. Like I. I knew of Dragon Ball, I knew of Dragon like Dragon Ball Z, like that whole idea. I was definitely more team Nickelodeon than Team Cartoon Network. I grew up to like Hey Arnold, Rocco's Modern Life, Doug, like and as I got older, I didn't really get into anime until actually after high school and I picked up a show I'm trying to remember the first the first I don't consider like Dragon Ball. I did not get too deep into Dragon Ball. I just kind of like watched it when it was on. Uh, the first anime that I watched all the way through was actually Code Geass, which was a really awesome anime. And I think I I was in the military when I watched that. It was probably 2010. Yeah, 2010. And I binge watched the first season, binge watched the second season, got mad because they promised the third season and never released it. <laughs> and... Then while waiting for that, I started picking up uh, shows like Claymore, um, Neon Genesis, Evangelion. I was not in. I, it's funny because I watched like two mech shows, but then when I tried to watch Gundam, I was like, "This is stupid." <laughs> um, <and laughs> didn't watch Gundam. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like it was it was definitely late for me, but I I just happened to watch one anime and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool," and then like. I really got into it and then just wanted to find out more. And of course, Death Note, like some of the classics were definitely a part of my repertoire, but we'll, uh, we'll ask more anime based questions, but we want to hear your stories. So go down to uh, devotaku.com, click on the episode two button, and then leave a comment below as to what your favorite episode or what your, how you got into anime. Really want to hear some of these stories, uh, especially to the devs. But we're not here to socialize. We're here to talk about episode three of Cowboy Bebop. feel like the show starts to pull into some of the thoughts and like I guess effects that I remember. And we start off with this super actually before we jump into it, let's let's just get overall impressions. Um I obviously love this episode. Uh what were everyone else's thoughts? I had to watch it twice. So <laughs> um cuz I thought I missed something the first time around, but I didn't. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh I think I would have preferred this as a first episode, quite honestly. I agree with that. I th- I think that if this would have been episode one, it would have been. Well, I'd be like, okay, I'm I'm interested. You've got me hooked. And and as we've talked before, episode one was actually written later. The episode one that is the current episode one was written later. Episode two was the original first episode, which uh, some people liked, some people didn't, and we'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> but. Episode three, in my opinion, was definitely what I would consider the logical start of the story. It takes place in a casino. Well, actually, it starts um, outside, which I'm guessing is on Mars or a Mars-like area. 
And we have a lady by the name of Faye Valentine who walks into a cigar bar. And uh, in the last episode, Kiara, I remember you talking about like the pet store owner being, you know, a woman and having like this very stereotypical like, like it wasn't stereotypical that she was a woman, but it was stereotypical in like how she acted as like a pet. Like, oh, this dog is useless. Like, you'd be better off just cooking it. Like, <laughs> you know. This is really weird concepts, but then here you have this like cigar dealer, or, or I forgot what he says, like a rarities dealer, essentially, where he's he's selling like good experiences or something. Um, I'm not too sure. Like, what was everyone's thoughts of like walking, like when Babe first walks into this shop? See, I. I the very f- I seem to remember the very first time I saw this episode, I was like, okay, so there's a lady walking into a store. She's wearing almost nothing, and she wants to buy cigars. What is going on? You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. Why does this half-naked woman want to buy cigars? And why is this creepy guy being really creepy? And he's like, ah, oh, yes, yes, I can see that you really like this. It's just, no, stop. This is weird. It's weird and creepy. I like those shades, man. Mm, I like everything you got. I liked it. As a person who has never been to a cigar bar and desperately wants to go, I was like, oh, okay. So this is like real chill. It reminds me of um, the cigar shops in Spain. So Mm. I went in one when I visited Spain just to say I went. But, you know, like, you kind of walk in, you can smell them or whatever, touch them, depending on how pricey they are. But she just seemed like, hey, I just came from the grocery store. I'm tired. I deserve. And I was there for that. I like that. And and as someone who has been to a cigar bar, that it's weird because that's kind of the feeling, but also not the feeling. Like, uh, the cigar bar that I went to in Tokyo was was super interesting because we walk in and it's super chill your bartender's wearing like a tuxedo and he's just like, Oh, hi. And like, Oh wow. You speak really good English. And like, Oh yeah. You know, we, we get a lot of tourists that come in and, you know, we sat down and we, we had this experience of like just smoking a cigar and like drinking scotch and having conversations with this, uh, barback who's like, super, super educated, you know, knows a lot about the area, knows a lot about culture and just many different things. And here you have this guy that walks in and he's like, oh, how's everybody doing today? And you're just like, ah, get away, get out of here. And by the (laughs) way, I I don't know what the English sounded like because I am, I am team subs. uh, So you might have to fill me in on like the actual dubbing. Uh, We mentioned before that before like the Chinese, like, when we talked about being in Mars and it looked more like China, like there was some extreme racism going on in the dubs. Like what was up with this bar guy in the dubs? He was just really creepy. Um, not going to lie. When she walked in and he like lit the cigar, I thought that like, you know, it was a, a shop for other bounty people to go. And he was just going to be like, hey, like I got a job for you type of thing, you know, real mysterious like. But it wasn't, so I was a little thrown. I was like, okay, so what's happening then? I want to say that it goes hand in hand with it, because this one's happening on Mars again. You look at the design of the character, he's looking a bit chinese And by that, I mean like the racist, not racist, the stereotypical 
look of when you watch some of the early 90s early 80s anime and they 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 show you someone who is asian but not japanese they have a completely different look to the to the the rest of the cast and that's kind of what's coming on here especially with the he has like the golden star on his uh on his fatigues colored uh like khaki colored uh hat and i'm like this is weird it's it's on it's on mars it has this chinese east asian influence to it and he's being really creepy to a half naked woman what's going on so yeah speaking of that half naked woman uh as she's smoking her cigar uh she hears three people walk up and protrude guns and she enters she gives one of the coldest lines ever it's like you know the rule of combat? Like, the first rule of combat is always get the first attack. And just winds up, like, lighting them up, which was super awesome. And, like, I am I was immediately like, yeah, she's awesome. I, I, I love Faye as a character. And, of course, her gun doesn't match the Gatling gun outside. So, <laughs> some things happen, and she winds up getting captured and... In the end, we we find out that she owes some apparently dangerous people uh, a good chunk of change. And as we mentioned in the last episode, I think it really starts to break down like this whole idea of how the bounty system works. Anyone can put in a bounty because our first guy was a drug dealer that was wanted by the police. The second guy was a pet thief who was wanted by scientists and doctors and then this character, it sounds like she's just wanted for gambling and being a cheat, but there are some some interesting ways that you can enter uh, the world of the big shot television program. And of course, this brings in our two main characters, Spike and Jet, who are now accompanied by their new pet, Ein, which I'm guessing would be like short for Einstein, maybe? them but they find out that the bounty for we really should have someone in charge of remembering how much the bounties were <laughs> oh well, this one this one i did write it down where are we sorry i just quickly look through my notes it's uh six million wulongs is her bounty oh yeah because it doesn't come till later yeah yeah it's so much later on that they mention the bounty they just don't tell you her debt yeah, so if I remember correctly, this is the largest bounty that we've seen so far in the show. And she winds up having to basically work a deal with the casino that has captured her that she is going to be a delivery mule, it would seem. Uh, there's there's a plan that someone's going to give her a chip and she's supposed to bring this chip back because the chip has some incredibly valuable software on it and enter our heroes. They like gambling and I don't know if they're good at it or not. Jet seems to be really good because he's, he's got a ton of chips by the end of this. It's like, it looks like he hit the jackpot on the, the slot machine. Uh, so I think he says at one point that he won 200k in chips, but didn't get to cash them out yet. And like, oh, yeah, man. he's walking around with huge crates and they're overflowing, aren't they? Right. You can't even yeah. do that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's definitely a sign of the times, too, because I think like now if you go to a casino, it's a lot different. Yeah, it's all card but, based. 
Yeah, now you're like back then everything was still chips. To me, this felt like the Ocean's Eleven episode, basically. Like, hey, there's going to be some some things going down. We need to make sure we're, you know, everything goes according to plan. And of course, nothing does. You see, I think that's the difference in the in the culture between you and me there, Jay. Because I wrote down it's very James Bond. See, I, I was going to say like Casino Royale, <laughs> yeah, but. It it didn't really feel Casino Royale at all, though, like, afterwards. Mm, that's true. Yeah, looking back, it doesn't. But, like, the setup of, like, especially, you know, Jet putting on this this suit and a little fedora, that, that kind of, that get-up we've never seen him in. But, you know, he's made a point. He wants, to, he wants to look good for whoever he's gambling in front of. Whereas, you know, Spike's just like, yeah, I'm in that one suit that I own. Yeah, but yeah. it's weird because he tells, you know, Spike, he's like, don't win too much. You better not play here. Your eyes are too sharp. They'll kick us out if you win too much. Thanks, Mom. But if you didn't want me to win, then you shouldn't have brought me here. In my head, I'm like, how is that possible? But then I realized, like, one can count cards, but then he goes and steals chips from another table. So I'm like, okay, if you guys have 5,000 Wulongs, who has the money? How was he ever going to like win too much if he didn't have money to start? Yeah, I, I did have that written down, that how can they afford to gamble if they have no money? And then it's when you see Spike later on and he gives sort of so, he gives a little advice to the three old dudes and then takes some of their chips. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> and just no one notices apparently. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. I'm just going exactly. to take these. Exactly, he's still so know? smooth with stealing. <laughs> So I was like, how did he steal that? And there's literally a person in front of him. Like, you have to see somebody's hand touch your stack. And what gets me is, like, they have all these cameras in the casino, and, like, they're they're examining everything, and there's a crowd around this guy. And nobody saw it. The cameras didn't see it. Like, come on. It's, it's so weird. But uh, he's, he winds up sitting down at Faye's table, and... He starts gambling and gambling and gambling, and I'm I'm a little confused with this. Does he know who Faye is at the time? No, but he yeah, mentioned that so. you know, like later on, he mentions that he knew she was cheating. Yeah. So I yeah. think instead of getting up, I think it's stupid. But instead of getting up, he sat there. But going back to you mentioning like the cameras in the casino, it's crazy that there was so many cameras and security. But when it came down to like her making this big mistake while sitting at the table, nobody caught it. I think the reason he stays at the table, though, because I wrote down, are they flirting? Because they kind of are, aren't they? You know, when when they're they're talking backwards, uh, Spike and Faye are talking backwards and forwards about stuff. And, you know, about how they're and when he gets down to that last chip, he's still flirting with her when he walks away. So maybe he's just staying there and going, oh, there's this, you know, this really attractive lady who wants to talk to me for a little bit. And I'm usually just sitting with Jet and it's usually just two, you know, two big muscly testosterone sort of men sort of thing. Whereas I get to talk to this lady for a little bit and then I'll go away and make some more money. So I feel like he stayed there more for the the conversation and even though he knew that she was, because he says later on, you know, I know, I know you were cheating, but... I feel like just sitting there with this with this other person, this person who's not Jet, you know, and having a conversation that doesn't revolve around bell peppers and beef without any beef, or the fact that the ship's falling to pieces, you know. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not a gambler, so it is very hard for me to watch this and just be like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, no. Um, But I do like how, you know, he mentions like, oh, I'm not that lucky. And again, I feel like his whole thing is he does things out of, and luckily they wind up paying off for him. So it's like we have this whole scene where Faye is expecting him to give her the last chip. And instead he keeps it. And she's like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not doing your part of the deal. Like, what's going on here? And he he just happens to be like, oh, I mean, you were cheating. Like, unless you're going to give me some of my winnings back, you know, I, I think we're done here. But he, in in turn, he winds up bumping into the actual character that Faye is expecting. And their chips just happen to fall out of each other's hands and land next to each other backwards. So then he just happens to come across this chip without really running into, like, without actually having to do any work for it. One of the things I wrote down was, you know, Faye's expecting this dude to sit at her table and she looks at this screen and it's, you know, shows them they're in a very, very, very high tech. I mean, it's a casino on a, like, on, on a geostationary, geostationary orbital satellite, right? really high technology she looks at the screen and it's flickering and there's static like what's that all about and she mistakes spike for this guy and then when spike runs into him he's obviously spent all of his chips but realized eventually that the whoever he's been sitting with is the wrong person so it's this dual case of of mistaken identity so it makes me wonder you know who's the other person that he's been gambling with you know do they look like Faye, is did he just get confused? What's going on? When is it Gordon, the boss, when he says to um to Faye, you know, he's gonna come and sit at your table, he's going to lose all his money and you're gonna help him, and then he's gonna give you this last chip. Well, where's he been? You know, he's lost all of his chips already. I mean, if you have an addiction, which this guy kinda looked like he did because he's really frantic. Oh, that's true, yeah. And you lose like somebody gives you thousands of dollars, I'm gonna go gamble too. <laughs> like I wouldn't have spent all of it, but and that thing is really weird the way the chips fell. You notice they like closed up on the pocket because a spike chip was in his pocket, and then the other yeah. guy just had it in his hand. Like how does that happen? Movie yeah, magic I, again. <laughs> yeah, they they do a lot of movie magic with this uh, with this show apparently. But yeah, Spike doesn't really have to do anything for this chip, but in the end they're turns into this kind of scene that happens and there's fighting and Spike gets in trouble. He's like, Hey, we got to go. And they run off. And uh, now they're back on to the base. Like, give me the chip. And it's like, no, I'm not giving you the chip. You get out of here. And then when they get back onto the ship, they learn that there's something on the chip. And this is when Gordon finds out that he's been given the dud. He has the wrong chip. And unfortunately they can't get it. And Spike does this weird, he has this weird habit of things. It's really nasty where he like eats stuff and then regurgitates it later. Yeah, that's gross. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause at first they're like, no smoking. And he just eats the cigarette. And you're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like there's such easier ways to dispose of the cigarette. Um, you, you could just step on it. And <laughs> guess he wants all of his cancer. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess, you know, if, if they're not used to having money, I guess you, you want the full benefits of your nicotine because I definitely have seen people like, yo, cigarettes are expensive. Um, but still, it's like, don't eat them. That, 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 people, people listening, don't eat cigarettes. Not good for you. <laughs> life advice by Jay. <laughs> yeah, life advice. <laughs> but he, in, in the end, winds up eating the chip. Like, he swallows the chip and he's like, yeah, you're going to have to pry it out of my body. And he winds up spitting it up later. And I'm just like, okay, is that like a magic trick? Is that something he just does? Because <laughs> it doesn't seem right. I don't think, I mean, I'm going on 10 years of memory here, but I don't think he ever does it again in the show's run. I think they just literally do it for this episode as well. Good, because it's nasty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't swallow chips either. More life advice by Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're potato chips. Yeah, very true. I think it's interesting how, like, Jet won all of this money. And instead of going to cash his chips, he goes towards the commotion. Now, I've never been in possession with that much money at one time. But I definitely would have been like, so about my stacks of ones. I would like to see them (laughs) deposited into my account first, and then I'm going to go be nosy. See, and I think this is where they're... There's something to the relationship between Jet and Spike where I think Jet just knows Spike is going to ruin his day. Like, he just expects it at this point where it's like, you know what? As he wins, he got my winnings. And it's like, oh, I hear loud noises. <sighs> Spike, what are you doing now? Like, come on, please not right now. Um, and, and this seems to always be the environment that we catch them in. Like, Spike is always, or sorry, Jet is always having to come after Spike to pull him out of whatever situation he's got himself in. True. I wrote down that at least in the, you know, uh, in the dialogue, he said, you know, there's all the commotion and and Jet says, oh, a fight, huh? Like, oh, I can hear a fight happening. I'm going to go watch it. And as he's walking up before he even gets there, he goes, Spike. Like, like you say, he knows that it's Spike. Also, like the amount of money that he wins, the 200K in chips, he says that's not a lot of money. To me, that's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's the well, economy like? I mean, anything with a comma to me is a lot of money. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I see a comma and I'm like, great. And they're like, hey, you cost us all of our winnings, which is like, no, Jet, you could have easily cashed in your money. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, don't blame her. <laughs> but then they notice how much she's worth and then it becomes a whole nother ball game. And I'm trying to remember, they start talking about, I just want the chip, I want a chip. And he's like, oh, this chip? Yeah, okay, that chip's worth a lot. And we learned something about Jet in this episode. The Jet used to work for the ISSP. And he makes it sound like it's like no big deal. But he has this knowledge of this encryption program, this super decrypting program that can decrypt any encryption. But it itself was encrypted. And I was like, oh, that's convenient. And what they believe is the chip holds the key to decrypting the software that will be able to let anyone decrypt virtually anything in in the universe. And in my mind, it's like, okay, well, this is where like Jet's knowledge comes in because we've noticed like, okay, he's got like tracking chips and collars and things like that, and he's been able to establish all of these contacts, but where are they all coming from? And I wondered, like, 
perhaps it all came from Jet's previous career um, with the ISSP. It certainly makes sense. I mean, where else does he get all of this equipment from? Whatever it is that he uses to analyze the chip, he's able to look at the circuit diagrams and then read the code that's stored on the chip without any idea that... So, like, wh- where where does he get this equipment from? You know, and they're stone broke as well. Where, 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 how did that work? Maybe well, it seems it. like... <laughs> 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 well, and, and that's what's weird. It's like, I feel like he... I feel like they weren't always broke. And I think that's like the thing. Like, and again, I think in, in episode, the episode one, uh, my original theory was like jets kind of running the show and he could have been very successful, but he, and he hired spike. And while spike is a terrible bounty hunter, um, he happens to be an excellent fighter, um, which seems more like what, like Jet doesn't want to get too involved, so he often sends Spike out to do things, but then in the end has to wind up getting involved anyway to go save Spike from whatever Spike's situation has led to. And this is all very interesting, but in the end, they come to an agreement that the casino will get their chip back and they will come out with a big payoff. But of course, who ruins this but none other than Faye Valentine? You're supposed to open the hangar! Whose ship is much cooler. I wanted to talk about that. Like, what do we think of Faye's ship? Because it seems to be much more high tech than Spike Spider. I mean, but she seems like you know, a boss person. So, like, it's to be expected. She looks like she doesn't have, quote-unquote, like, below top of the line anything. Like, yeah, she might have debt, but, you know, she's just like, hey, if I'm going to steal things and do all this other stuff, might as well do it with style. I love that she has this high-tech, cool-looking ship that when she she pushes on her, you know, basically her Fitbit um, and says, you know, come and get me, and the thing fires up and makes all of these 1980s, sort of old computer sounds at her. I don't know why, but that really sort of stuck out with me that there's this really high tech, you know, she has the, the best of the best, but it sounds really okay, old. Showtime. It's like, why does my, why does my voice activated spaceship still run on dial-up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting that I, I, I like what you said here. Like she has really expensive taste. Like she goes into this, fine experiences shop and smokes cigars with snakes in jars and which by the way that's like habusaki normally the snake is dead um but i don't understand that one or maybe it was an eel who knows but there's this whole like i want to live a fancy life and because of that it's gotten me into some problems with debt and i i just start to think like she has like li- a lipstick communicator like what? <laughs> like what's going on here? But in the end, there's this big scene closer to the end where we have Spike sitting on top of the outside of the satellite, and then you have someone else who has the satellite, or you know, that's out there too with a suitcase full of money. And there seems to be something going on, like some kind of misunderstanding here, because. What I heard the boss say was, as soon as we have the chip, 
blow up the ship. But they say, okay, on the count of three, we'll make the switch. And on three... He pulls out a gun. He pulls out a gun. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. Like, we're not doing what we discussed. (laughs) Like, what's going on here? Trigger happy. Um, I think that's just what it was. Exactly. And... This leads to have this in this incredible scene where they're on the outskirts of the satellite um, and they're trying to hold on to the chip and they're trying to go and, and like have like a fight scene at the same time. And then in comes Faye to ruin the day. <laughs> <laughs> I do have written down Faye destroying everyone's plans again, as usual. You know, I think I'm hoping for more character development at this point. I hope Faye keeps coming back and screwing with them. I know it sounds really bad, but I'm always here for like a really good like female plot twist because you don't get to see it often a lot of times. You always have like these male characters that do the extraordinary. It's like, oh, there's some cool things that their female counterparts do as well. So like even though I'm mad he let the money go away, I hope she comes back and like maybe helps him or on a bounty or two or steals another bounty. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just want to see how that relationship grows and I think it potentially will grow throughout the series like I said, i've never seen it so i'm just really hopeful there's got to be something there because like jamie said like i kind of think they were flirting a little bit at the table but at the same time as someone who likes to gamble i would have been pissed and left so <laughs> i know i wouldn't have thought this back when i first watched cowboy Bebop, but i think i'm hoping for a little bit more diversity not in the storyline but more of like the main characters because so far we've had two dudes in space and a dog and i think kiera brought up some really interesting points in the first episode about uh about katarina you know she didn't katarina didn't have to stick around with asimov to get to mars and i would never like you said jay i would have never thought of that but it took like kiera's point of view to point that out to me and i think since then i've now been watching cowboy bebop with a slightly different view and i'm watching going this is two dudes in space where's everybody else there's no, there's no, there's no one else. There's no nothing, you know. And that's why I, I really like the dynamic that um, our panel has, where we are all from different walks of life, different layers of like our anime, you know, passions, even different programming languages. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's it's cool because we get these different perspectives, and it's doing exactly what I was hoping would happen with this panel that we would start to see anime differently. But of course, how could we not see it differently if we can't hear from our guests? Those are you listeners, space cowboys out there. Be sure to head to devotaku.com. Click on the either the link in the show notes or uh, write in the comments below, or you can talk to us on Twitter and just let us know your thoughts about this episode, how we're doing as a podcast, or um, what you think will happen next or what you can't wait to happen. Um, again, we are a spoiler podcast. If you haven't noticed <laughs> that we discussed the entire episode. Um, so if you want to watch along or watch before you listen, um, head, you can head to devataku.com and there we have links to where you can check out uh, Cowboy Bebop. It is available in the US on Hulu. And if you're looking for it elsewhere, or if you want to own a copy, we have links to Amazon where you don't pay anything more, but we get a little kickback, which will help us keep the show up and running. But 
That concludes uh, our thoughts on episode three. I am looking forward to episode four. There is a particular episode that I am super excited about, and I'm trying my best not to rush through it. So I'm hoping that episode four will be it. But if it's not, then I will also be looking forward to the future adventures of Spike and Jet. Before we wrap up, uh, please, everybody, let them know how they can reach you on the interwebs. You can find uh, me on Instagram at Kiera the Dev. Oh, well, I guess I just revamped my website, too. Totally forgot about that. <laughs> so uh, my website is Kiera.com, uh, but on Instagram, it's Kiera the Dev, and Kiera is spelled K-E-H-E-I-R-A. And to get a hold of me, you can go to Twitter and look at .net core blog, D-O-T-N-E-T-C-O-R-E-B-L-O-G. I think I picked possibly one of the longest Twitter handles ever. And, you know, if you want to look at websites and stuff, there's obviously the Defo Taco website. Or there's, uh, if you go to gaprogman.com, G-A-P-R-O-G-M-A-N.com, there's links to all the stuff that I'm doing on there as well. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at KJY Miller. And that's probably the best way to get in touch with me ever, um, even though I don't have Twitter on my phone anymore, trying something new. But yeah, uh, thank you all for listening. And until episode four, we'll see you later, Space Cowboys. Bye. See you.